Hey everybody, it's Eric of the Fat Packs and I'm hanging out here today by myself as I'm bringing you a preview of our new podcast, Props, starring John Finkel and myself as we break down a baseball movie here in season one. Uh, each week we're going to bring you a new episode featuring baseball movies of our past that we talk. We, we take a deep dive into the movie, what what happened, the red carpet, the log line, the trailer, uh, scenes from the movie. And then at the end, we're going to break down the memorabilia from the movie, what's out there and what you might like and what you can get. So we've been teasing it a little bit. We're teasing it a couple weeks now that uh, season one, I'm sorry, season one, episode one is all about Major League. And while we're not quite ready to release the full episode, I wanted to give you a little uh, preview of what it's going to sound like. So uh, guys, please enjoy this little Five, six minutes, maybe seven minutes as uh, John and I take a deep dive into Major League, one of our favorite movies that we've ever seen. This was an easy one to do. It was an easy first choice, and it was a lot of fun. So you guys uh, hang out, check around, check out this preview, Props, Episode 1, Season 1, and look for it soon on a podcast player near you. Here, welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off, then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you in our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays? And I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. Don't you have any proven major league talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. <clears throat> you want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One old chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. I have a much better body than she does. Thank you for me, she really does. And the pickoff. Every time we win, we peel a section. Tom Berenger. Zipper on your skirt stuck. Use your imagination. Charlie Sheen. These things make me look ridiculous. Seeing's the most important thing, son. I don't think it's that important. Corbin Burnson. And Bob Euchre. Hey, with swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name one. Yellowstone. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first edition of Props. It's a new podcast from Beckett Media where uh, John Finkel and I sit down and talk about movies that we love and the memorabilia from them. And it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, John. 
It is. It is. We've workshopped the the log line for the show as opposed to uh, you know the log lines that would be on the movie poster. Sure. So I think we we wrapped up with uh, from Hollywood to the hobby, which which kind of encapsulates what we're what we're trying to do. And since sports movies have such a such a big deal uh, within our sports fans' lives, within the hobby, within signings, within memorabilia. This seems like a really fun, kind of perfect uh, perfect podcast to launch, so I'm pumped. I'm pumped, too. So uh, we decided, we put our, our collective heads together, and we came up with a Major League for the first one. Uh, fitting that we're going to do a baseball season for season one. Yep. Uh, opening day is uh, Thursday, so if you're, well, last Thursday, if you're listening to this today, on uh, the day it drops. And uh, the Indians look to be pretty good, but back in 1989, they look pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, what's really great about doing uh, the movie that we chose first, which is Major League, is that the movie itself opens, and we'll get into kind of more detail of the movie, but it basically the opening segment is a scrolling uh area of newspaper clippings yeah where it all basically tells you how horrible and how futile and how awful it's it's really a low light reel of cleveland sure. <laughs> they have every single like burnt out you know worn out factory that's empty steam coming off places you know deserted streets mm-hmm. <laughs> deserted warehouses and then an empty you know cleveland indian stadium and then also just all the clippings of how terrible the indians were Fitting since we'll be there for the national coming up. <laughs> yes, August. yeah, exactly. Well, again, there is a highlighted version they could have done, but they chose to show sort of the, Just, the yeah. beat up version of, of Cleveland. So we both sat down and rewatched this film. Uh, thoughts, initial thoughts? I mean, My initial thoughts were you know, I probably hadn't seen it start to finish in years but i'd seen clips of it a zillion times sure what i was saying just briefly before we started was i can still quote the moment i saw the movie every part of the movie okay but the context and some of the jokes that maybe over the years i hadn't heard in a while like mm-hmm. i laughed out loud at things i probably didn't laugh out loud the first time of course and there were definitely things where i remembered differently like whole lines and whole scenes differently mm-hmm. and then also i guess it's part of getting older being 40 is the ages of some of the guys right. kind of was messed with me a little bit. Whereas when I was for the first, you know, it started out in 1989 when I was, I guess it came out when I was 11. So the first 20 years of me watching the movie, I never thought of these things. I agree. Um, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was a, a young, well, you're 40, I'm 37. So we're not that far apart in age. And, yeah. uh, HBO was actually the first time I ever saw this nice. movie. And we recorded it. And it was on it was on the back end of a tape that had stripes and baby baby boomers on it. Oh, okay. So it it went stripes, baby boomers, and major league on the same on the <laughs> same video tape. And we had a lot of good days watching it, watching uh, rewatching it over and over and over. Yeah, it was a very VHS go to blockbuster rent the video movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it in the theater. I remember renting it. I can't tell you who it was with or, or what I think it was I'm guessing it was probably one of my older cousins but I remember uh, renting it and then seeing it so many times mm-hmm. immediately after that and you know it was R so that was part of it I was probably sure. 12 13 every swear word was awesome mm-hmm. uh, every kind of insinuation of a joke that I probably shouldn't have heard mm-hmm. uh, and we can kind of get into later some of the lines that held up but it wasn't billed that way I remember the I briefly remember the lead up to it but I don't remember it being nearly, and it's not a hard R, especially considered right. nowadays. Yeah. But um, <laughs> here's the the log line from 1989. Yeah, let's talk that about sounds the- like a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And this is the log line that's on the movie poster, and, and we'll go through who's on the poster. But the log line uh, for Major League was, when these three oddballs try to play hardball, the result is totally screwball. <laughs> that's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. That, <laughs> that's not a movie. That I'm thinking, you know, think about adults at the time. Right. They're not like, oh, you got to go see this. And especially when you look at the poster and you've got Corbin Burnson, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Berenger, who, you know, he had, had, he was, he had Platoon, so he was a bit of a name. And then Charlie Sheen. Right. 
Sheen, uh, from you know, from looking at it, was clearly the draw. It looks like he probably signed on to do it a little before he blew up. But his his movies directly before that were Wall Street, Young Guns, and Eight Men Out. So he was visible. He was mm-hmm. a star. That's probably why they threw him on the poster in the beginning. Sure. But you said that one of the trailers you saw had basically didn't even have some of these guys on it. Yeah, the trailer that I watched uh, on YouTube, which was brilliant, which is different than the one from IMDb. There's a couple different yeah, ones. A couple, I saw. So this one, the the stars were Bob Euchre and Corbin Burnson, which. Okay, Corbin, I can understand, but Bob Euchre? I mean, <laughs> yeah, Euchre, and you know, he he what he was the name, and he played, and he was the right. voice, but his sort of this actually made him a much bigger star. Right, right. So I was I didn't realize that he was actually put into the position of promoting the movie as a draw, right? Because he steals whole parts of this. Yes, movie. he does, Completely. and and that's one of the, the big takeaways that, that I I had was aside from all the characters, like he ties the entire movie together. He's now, basically the cheat voiceover. Was he he was he was in Mr. Belvedere, right? Or was it? He was in a sitcom spinoff. I don't even remember what he was in at the time. I didn't remember watching him in anything specifically. Yeah, he was in a he was in a sitcom after this actually. And I think that this spun into a, okay. a sitcom for him, and I believe it was Mr. Belvedere. But I always wanted to know, like, because his scenes in it, you know, they're they're so bad, and he's yeah. got Jack Daniels everywhere, and he's drinking mm-hmm. the whole time, and he's got the color man who says nothing, and he has that great joke about it. But he he's the through line for where they are because they really skip through. I mean, obviously, baseball mm-hmm. is a hundred sixty two game season, right. but they jump around. All of a sudden, they're sixty and sixty. And right, like and you kind of know what's been going on because of his voiceover throughout. But sure. it's not really a voiceover because he's got jokes. Mm-hmm. He's got jokes. Right. <laughs> he's, he's got, got jokes a lot on of jokes. jokes. On jokes. Um, and then in terms of other guys that were in the movie, you know Wesley Snipes. Before this, I was looking his. Uh, he was in Bad, the Michael Jackson uh, long video. Yes, and he was also in an episode of Miami Vice. Okay, but this was his. This was his breakout. Out there, yeah. This was Haysbert as, as Serrano's breakout. Um, and you know, Rain Russo was sort of just coming on the mm-hmm. scene as an it girl and plays yeah. the you know the eighties to the, the hair and the dress, the whole <laughs> thing to a T. And I have some thoughts on her character later on. And then uh, the guy who played Harris was pretty much the other main character, hadn't been in a ton of stuff. Um, so we can get into a little of, of his stuff. That's where the age thing gets to. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he, Ch- Chelsea Ross is his name. He's, he's one of my yes. favorite favorite uh, character actors ever. You know, he's, he's, about, he's probably, name a movie, you know, he's in it. You yeah, know? And he's, yeah. he, he's also a voice in King of the Hill. Right. So I just, I really love, love him. And uh, Wesley Snipes. Oddly enough, we're gonna. I want to mention uh, Major League Two here. Yes, Snipes was not into. It was no. then Willie Mays Hayes was then played by Omar Epps. Yes, and that was a big letdown for a lot of people. I uh, have never seen Major League Two, oh, which don't. is odd because I've seen <laughs> and enjoyed Caddyshack Two, and I don't know. I think there's another weekend at Bernie's that I've enjoyed, but I never, I never dove into the Major League Two scene. Uh, two and three just. Just passed. I think I saw three. Back to the minors. And didn't miss anything <laughs> in, from two. It, you know, the thing was, it was such a perfect movie. And, and, and we can kind of go through some of the things that stood out. Like, when you rewatch it, they do a great job of setting up how, you know, how bad Cleveland is and what mm-hmm. the mood of the town is towards the team. Right. Then they have, like, the whole idea, the owner dies. So, we, you know, pick nowadays, who knows, 30 or 40 years later. But the owner dies and his ex-showgirl wife. Yeah takes over and her goal her whole goal is to be the miami marlins right that's right yeah. that's it i mean i don't know if people don't remember that because that's kind of the beginning you kind of she says it like once and then you kind of almost lose sight of why she was had to get you know, the other for those who don't remember exactly there was a loophole in the contract to stay in cleveland if the attendance fell under ten thousand a game or mm-hmm. seven thousand a game they could break their contract with the old cleveland municipal stadium and they could move to miami where 
as a showgirl, apparently she would be more comfortable. <laughs> yes, apparently. All right, so let's talk about the box office. What did it do at the box office, and how long did it run? Uh, it was in for about you know six weeks, and it made about forty nine million, which is nothing compared to nowadays. No, it cost but, eleven million. Yeah, so, so they kept the star power. Apparently, this is a fun fact. A lot of it was shot in Milwaukee, not the Cleve, right? Which was interesting, and I didn't realize this. I was, I was. I was I had it on while I was working out, and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" At the end of the credits, it was rolling, and it was like, "Thank you to the great people of Milwaukee, Milwaukee. and Milwaukee Stadium." And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> Cleve in their own movie gets the shaft. Yes, that's horrible. <laughs> that, but that brings in the Bob Euchre thing too, because he was the yeah. voice of the Brewers for a long time. So yeah, and they, you know, I was wondering to the stadiums. I mean, obviously, it's easy to shoot an empty stadium, sure. but they did fill it up right. towards the end, and then the final game. So right. I wonder because the Indians weren't selling out. How did they draw that many people? Mm. Yeah. There was no real, you know, maybe uh, maybe like a casting call or just you know come out and be an extra, get free hot dogs and and be an extra. Yeah, that that had to have been what they did because that place was rocking and it looked like even from the you know unless they put exterior shots from something else, but really realistically, you know, that was the 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 real Indians team then. uh, And I had uh, lived in the Cleve for about eight months in like third grade back then, but that was like the Corey Snyder, Joe Carter team that was actually kind of good and had some young talent on it, but they weren't selling out. They weren't, yeah, as far as I can remember. All right, man. So uh, I, again, we re- we both rewatched it, and you were saying you picked up on some things that you missed the first time, or yeah. maybe had different meaning this time. So, what were some of those things? Yeah, a couple of things that I thought that were really interesting. This is kind of like you know the uh, the second watch look of it is the there are scenes where like they really Dorn mm-hmm. is a great character. Yeah, he's overlooked as when I was a kid, I didn't care. But just the suit, the dress, the whole thing, the the high fine, the high finance guy, right? And it, because I was more as an adult uh, attuned to like that guy who doesn't care about his actual job, but like sure. all the you know he's not gonna mess up his face and all that. So the punting of all the you know, the hot stuff is different to me now. 